This is Corinne and Sabrina, and also Two Girls, One Ghost. Two Girls, One Ghost. Thanks for joining us on another day. Another spooky Sunday. So I noticed something or realized something about myself the other day because I was thinking about how I'm like generally pretty cautious and I think a healthy dose of paranoid when it comes to trying to not be murdered in my everyday life. Yeah. But I realized that there's one way to kill me and it's that I accept free food from strangers all the time. All the time. It's your kryptonite. I just realized that this is a problem that I have. Like I was thinking about, I was thinking back on all the times that I've accepted food from strangers and it's been like multiple different hallways with multiple different cupcakes and cookies. Mm. I um, once ate half of someone's burrito in an auto body shop. Oh, no. I ate leftovers on an airplane. Um, What else have I done? Ooh, at a public pool, people were like, had a bunch of like chips and dip and we're making some really good steak. I had that with them. Corinne, this is... I just, I always say yes. (laughs) Well, it's funny because I feel like I'm always the person giving people food. So this is why we get along so well. But yeah, you should probably say no a little bit more often to free food. And I was even thinking too, in my head, I realized that instead of Instead of thinking back like, oh, when were the times that I've been offered food? I think instead I switch the words and I say, when are the times that I have been given food? Because I always accept it. And so instead of being like, when have I been offered it? I'm like, oh, when have I been given food? As if I wasn't a participating party (laughs) in accepting the food. You had no choice. You had to take it. Obviously. Anyway, I thought I was doing well, but then... This all started this past week when someone gave me a cupcake in the hallway. And, and I was like, mm, this totally could be poisoned, but I just shoved it in my mouth hole. But you know what? That's a good way to go. You're dying, enjoying a delicious cupcake. And thinking that the rest of the world is a good place because people are offering me free food and being kind. Yes. How will you die? <laughs> a car. It's going to get you. We know it's going to be in a car. Don't say that. It's just either that or I died in a past life in a car. Which is very possible, but, like, I don't know. In L.A., I feel like it's very possible. But I feel like people, instead of ramming into you, people are, like, walking in front of you or doing weird stuff. So I think it's less of you would be in a crash and more of you would accidentally manslaughter. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) No. (laughs) I mean, it would be on accident. They did it, really. I am very aware of my driving. It's always the other people around me who are idiots. (laughs) Clearly, it's never going to be my fault. Oh, God. That is rich. Um, okay, so I have to tell you something. Okay. So, sad news in my life is that my grandma yes. just passed away, which is, it was really sad, but um, she had been, as Corinne, as you know, she had been in and out of the hospital for the past few months, and the past mm-hmm. two years have been really hard for her, so it's like, of course, with any death it's bittersweet she lived a very long life and I know that she's in a better place but so today and this is what I texted you about because I have never felt so I don't even know what the words are I'm still processing what happened so today I parked after work I got home I parked and I was walking up to the gate to enter my apartment complex and I hear a sound behind me of a bike So I look back, and it's an older woman on a bike, 
And so I open the gate and I'm like, just try like right on through. And she gets off her bike and actually decides to start a conversation with me. And we have, we start talking and she starts talking about this man who had very loud yappy dogs who started (laughs) yelling at her when she had to like slam on her brakes on her bike to stop from hitting her dog, his dogs who were just like off their leashes and running around. And then she starts talking about how she was looking at me complaining like, you know, I hate when people are mean to each other. I always want people to lift each other up. And I was like, I completely understand, like I completely agree with you. And we just start having a really nice conversation about life and kind of what it means to be nice to people and how you never know what other people are going through and how you should always treat people with kindness. And it was just really beautiful. Like it was nice to just meet someone and have this. It's easier to be pleasant than it is to be negative. Exactly. So then she goes, you're you're so beautiful and so smart. And she's probably in her 70s, late 70s, early 80s, which is, I mean, my grandma was in her 80s. So it's like closest to, close to my, the age of my grandma. And I just have to pause and say, she must have been in great shape because she was riding a bike and had some agility. She was in great shape and she was, had so much energy. It was so nice. And so she goes, you're so beautiful and smart. Where are you from? What's your name? And I go, my name's Sabrina. And we go in this conversation about how my old, my name is pretty old fashioned and how people don't really have that name anymore. And uh, she goes, and I say, I'm from New Jersey. And she goes, oh, we're in New Jersey. I actually went to Columbia for grad school in New York. And my grandma went to Columbia. Oh my gosh. And I go, my grandma actually went to Columbia. And she goes, oh really? What what for? And I said, she went for teaching. She went for grad school and taught Italian. She goes, I went for teaching in grad school at Columbia. And I was like, oh, that's amazing. And she starts asking about my grandma. And she goes, is she, you know, what is she doing now? Where does she live now? And I said, unfortunately, she actually just passed away this past weekend. And she goes, I am so sorry. But did she, you know, she lived a long life, peaceful life. I imagine if she's right. your grandma, mm-hmm. she's my age and I'm a senior and she's just being very, like, <laughs> sweet and kind. And we just start talking about, you know, passing away and wanting to live a lo- long life and all you could ever wish for is to die peacefully in your sleep and join your loved ones in the afterlife. And it was just, like, so, I mean, what is the... Like, how crazy of a coincidence that she had gone to Columbia, was in grad school, and I'm sure if we had talked longer, very possibly they knew each other. Or And the other thing, like, what's even more unique about that is just if we think of the education system, people born in the 40s and 30s, most likely, like, a majority of them are not going on yeah. to get higher education right. and a master's. Exactly. So just finding her too. I know. And I just like have this huge smile across my face because I was like, this is just so, this is the universe working in such mysterious ways. And it was just something that I needed to hear and experience. And then we kind of end our conversation and she goes, I'm sorry for your loss. And I hope to see you around again. Her name was Georgina. 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 And I. Georgina and Sabrina. I know. (laughs) And it works. We and then I we parted ways. She went towards her building and I went towards mine. I opened the door into my building and immediately all of the lights in the hallway flicker. Every single <gasps> one. Oh, I just got full chills. I like 
Sabrina. It was so beautiful. That's how that's how your grandma was like, I that know. was for you. I know. An actual sign. In case you didn't get it the first time, <laughs> she wanted to double check and say. Isn't that amazing? Hey, that's really amazing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But so I'm- We should have made this episode about loved ones. I know, but then also... But it would have been hard. <laughs> yeah, it would have been hard. I would have gotten very emotional, and then... Yeah. But also, the Oscars are on Sunday, so talking about haunted celebrities is a pretty good topic, and timely. That's a good topic for now. Yeah. I actually told my mom we were doing this episode, well, because the topic... We'll get into it later, but... <laughs> ugh, I was just so mad because I didn't find what I was trying to find, and then my mom was like, why didn't you do... And she listed out... A haunted celebrity that her and I have talked about for years. No and way. I was like, duh, why didn't I? So now, I mean, it was too late. She literally told me this 20 minutes ago. <laughs> why did you do this? And I was like, I can't write a whole episode in 20 minutes. <laughs> but yeah, so we'll just have to revisit this topic again in the future, or I'll have to figure out how to slip it into a different episode. I want to know who it was. <laughs> I won't tell you. Uh, fine. Everyone's going to have to listen around for another 60 million episodes till we get back to haunted celebrities. <laughs> or until I figure out a, a topic that I can... Slip her in. Make, mesh. Make Slip it work. the celebrity in. I don't know if it's a female yeah, or we'll male. Yeah, we'll choose something random and I'll be like, you know what? Curveball. I'm actually doing this next <laughs> episode. Um, well, we could just jump in. I don't want to make it any less exciting than it's going to be. <laughs> But the reason I chose this topic was because way back when, I remember hearing that Posh Spice grew up in a haunted house. So Posh Spice, for people who maybe don't know but like what? who she is outside of the Spice Girls, she's Victoria Beckham, married to David Beckham, and huge in the fashion world and everything. But... And just super nice and awesome, and I love her. And I like that she doesn't smile in pictures. It's very chic. Anyway. <laughs> I hate when people don't smile. I, I just want everyone to smile and show their beautiful faces. Everyone looks better with a smile on their face. Well, that's not always true. Because I prefer to smile with my lips closed. I got this habit when I had braces. And I haven't... I don't like when my teeth show because I already have a round face. And it just makes me even larger. <laughs> Well, I think you look great with a smile on your face. Well, thanks. You're the only one who will see it. (laughs) Okay, but I swear, I swear somewhere on the internet lives an article about Posh Spice, Victoria Beckham, growing up in a haunted house. But alas, I could not find anything on it. I think it's a thing. Until Victoria Beckham herself tells me that that was not her that I'm remembering. It's, It's her. It's her. So somewhere deep in the internet... There's information on this, I swear to God. It's a conspiracy theory. It's hidden. And if someone can find it for us, that would be amazing. Hope someone does. We have some smart, techie people that listen to Mm -hmm. our podcast. Someone help me. Okay. Well, luckily for me, she actually has lived in a haunted house with David. So later on in her life. So in 2003, David and Victoria Beckham purchased a 1.5 million euro 19th century manor in the south of France named Domaine Saint Vincent. And this place had, it was big. It had two 2,500 square foot buildings and it was separated by a 30 foot pool. And one of the buildings was a four bedroom barn conversion and that was used as a guest house. So a guest house with four bedrooms, just to put that in perspective. (laughs) And then the other building acts as the main house, and it has four bedrooms as well, plus a loft, living room, dining room, kitchen, etc. the whole shebang. Sounds fancy. 
it's very beautiful. I looked it up and I was like, you know what? I might get past the haunting on this and I would live there. <laughs> there's a lot of land around the property and there's forests and meadows and deer and wild boar, which is super beautiful and then also allows for a lot of privacy. Um, the surrounding towns are very small. Their population's pretty small. So it's quite private back there, which would make sense. And I can see the appeal to Victoria and David for wanting to have a vacation home there. Right. But apparently, they spent little to no time there, not because they're wealthy and can just buy a bunch of properties, but because it was haunted. <laughs> so because they were wealthy and didn't have to be there. Exactly. And had other homes to hide out in. Right. And then I read, I read too, because they're friends with Elton John. Um, so when they do want to go to the south of France and vacation, they stay at, at his place. I mean, okay, I commend them on following a rule when in doubt, move out, but, like, sell the place. Well, they tried. Oh, okay. So it's a little bit of background. In 1986, a former – so this isn't that long ago. Right. A former European Union diplomat, Leslie Duck, bought the home and the 250 acres of land surrounding it and moved in with his wife. They were a little older. I think they were in their 60s, and they were retired when they moved in. And Leslie was sporting this big white beard, and he and his wife just really enjoyed their time there. They were very friendly, always had people over, and were just having a good time in this beautiful property. <laughs> and Leslie was known to be quite the storyteller. He was very into history, and he would often tell stories. And Leslie was also passionate about health and fitness. He was a swimmer. He would go on walks very frequently. But unfortunately, he was diagnosed with a muscle-wasting illness, which was obviously extremely tough. Extremely yeah. tough for anyone. But he was such an active guy, right. so it really took a toll on him. Yeah. And in 2001, he decided that he was done suffering and he didn't want to become any more of a burden than he already felt he was. He took a shotgun and he killed himself. Oh, my gosh. His wife, Catherine, spread his ashes in the private chapel that was located on the estate. And then she spent less and less time there just because she felt extremely lonely. And obviously, that's the place that she spent a lot of time with her husband. Right. Um, but it turns out she probably wasn't as alone as she thought. Because a few months after Leslie passed, there were reports of his ghost walking around. Wow. And the locals and people working on the estate reported seeing a white-bearded man mumbling about naval battles and historical events. Oh! You can learn some things from him. That would be nice to learn things from every ghost rather than being terrified. Right? So just two years after Leslie's death in 2003, Victoria and David Beckham absolutely fell in love with the property and quickly bought the estate. Okay. David Beckham was playing for Manchester United at the time. I don't know why I wrote that down. Some now people. he's at Real Madrid, but I guess yeah. it's for the boys. For the boys. So soccer players. <laughs> Where the boys at? Sports. Balls. He's kicking soccer. Okay. <laughs> it's actually called football in the UK. Football. Actually, fun fact about my mom. She really, really loves soccer, and it's like the one sport that she will on her own watch on TV. I love soccer, too. It's a good, it's a fun sport because it's fast. Yeah. Okay. The real estate agent said, Victoria fell in love with the property the moment she saw it. She insisted they sign the paperwork straight away, and sadly, none of us have ever seen her or David since. We've been waiting for the party at the Chateau Beckham from day one. This poor realtor thought she was getting the invite. I know. Like, is that what happens in Europe? 
when a big property is bought. But anyway, so after they bought the property, they found out that it was haunted, and Victoria was very spooked, and she was like, we are not going back. So they ended up selling the property after, well, actually, I'm not sure if they sold the property. I kept trying to Google it, and I was only getting articles on their renovations and whatnot. So I'm not sure if it actually sold, but... They originally purchased the property for $1.5 million, and then they renovated it. They put $5 million into the renovations, which was kind of an upset for the locals and the local, like, craftsmen who had worked on it for many years and worked hard to right. keep Right, but, like, when you buy a home, it's yours. It's your home, yes. And then, so they put all this, pumped all this money into the renovations, and then the last article, the most recent article I could find on the place, said that it was for sale for 2.4 million euros, which is about a $4 million loss on the home. Wow. Not sure if it's related to it being haunted or what. It's possible. But that, that's the story. That's all I have on them and on this ghost. I wonder what they experienced in the house to cause them to not want to go back ever. Because it sounds yeah, like wa- he was such a nice man. It's, yes. It sounds like they never even spent a night in there at all. They found out it was haunted, and then it was like, okay, we're out. Hmm. I just don't know. They clearly didn't try to sage. He's just walking around and talking about history. Like, I would follow him. Right. Learn some things, you know? Yeah. So... If anyone finds information on, well, two things. Her growing up in a haunted house, I would like to know. And then also, if you can find how much, if they actually did sell the property and for how much, that would also be of interest to me. Tell us everything. Tell us. Okay, but I'm going to go into a few other little tiny stories. Okay. There are so many celebrities that have ghost stories. I know. So if ever anyone is doubting you or saying ghosts aren't real or trying to make you feel crazy you can just give them an entire list and i'm sure there's going to be some celebrity on that list which that person idolizes and then hopefully it changes their mind that's a pretty good strategy right because everyone listens to what celebrities say and do right and idolize them so i'm gonna write them all down on a note card and keep it in my pocket at all times (laughs) Or also, like, just when there's a lull in conversation, just, did you know? <laughs> You're my talking point. <laughs> okay. So I wrote down a list. Okay. This is by no means inclusive of everyone. This is just, I picked out names which I thought were the most recognizable okay. to a variety of people. Ariana Grande, Dan Aykroyd, Hillary Clinton, Megan Fox, Cher, Kate Hudson, Nicolas Cage, Kendrick Lamar, Keanu Reeves, Adele, Jessica Alba, Lady Gaga, Matthew McConaughey, Ryan Gosling, Halle Berry, Carrie Fisher, the late Carrie Fisher, mm. Selena Gomez, Laura Linney, Rihanna, Allison Hannigan, oh Miley Cyrus. I only know Miley Cyrus's one because I read really? it today. <laughs> okay, well, can I read you? Please. I have like five or six little tiny yes. ones. I love this. Emma Stone was on Letterman and she said, there's a long family history with quarters. My grandfather leaves quarters. It's just amazing. And I wanted to include this one because so many people have emailed us about losing a family member and pennies or quarters, some sort of object change yeah. is, is left. Yeah. Which is so crazy. And Emma, 
it, it must be something that's easily manipulated or maybe something that maybe seems it's just because the metal obvious. the metal and like how energy i'm gonna butcher this but like isn't metal a conductor of energy is it a conductor yeah then maybe that's why and the, okay so another one Peter Jackson, who was the director of The Lord of the Rings, had a creepy encounter with a ghost in New Zealand about 20 years ago in an apartment that Fran, my wife, had. One night I woke up and there was a figure in the room. She was really scary. Her face was like a silent scream. She glided across the room and then disappeared into the wall. And then in the morning he told his wife and his wife, Fran, said, was it the woman with the screaming face? And he said not, neither of them had ever spoken about it, and they both saw the woman with the screaming face. Do I look like her right now? <laughs> My jaw is just painting. dropped. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. We have brought up in a few different episodes the topic of having sexual encounters with ghosts. Yes. Or with incubus and succubus, which will definitely be a topic that we cover in the near future. Right. But for anyone who maybe has had an experience like this, I don't want you to feel alone in it. And in fact, there have been quite a few celebrities that had similar experiences and openly what? talked about it. So I'm going to go through a few of them. Wait, this isn't, cool isn't the correct word, but I'm like, right. It's just such a fascinating topic that I feel like people don't talk about much that I'm shocked to hear that celebrities have talked about it openly. I know. And I was actually... I was talking to my mom about it and I was telling her that I was doing this and she was like, you know what? I just really love how, well, first of all, she liked that we were talking about celebrities because these are people that everyone listens to and like looks up to and, and whatnot. And if they say something, it seems a little less crazy to the rest of the world. Totally. But she was also just commenting about how, especially on our Facebook wall or just on Instagram or the stories that people send us, how everyone's so supportive and so open. And she was like, it's such a good, nice thing to see people being comfortable telling you guys these things. Right. And sharing it to this whole community because so often we keep things inside because we are afraid of telling someone and them saying you're crazy and then victimizing you once again when you've already been the victim so and just going off of that because when my grandma passed away and i received the news about it i immediately thought to all the countless numbers of emails we've read about family members passing on and i was immediately filled with a sense of of not I, I mean, relief, I guess, would be the right word. Yeah. It's just that, like... You were comforted I by... Was com- exactly. I was comforted by the fact that so many people have shared stories where their loved ones... Or where loved ones are waiting for people who pass on. And I, I don't think I would have gotten that same sense of comfort if I if people didn't email us their stories and share exactly. all of that with us. I know. It's a really nice feeling. And we do... I mean, I know that we read a lot of this scarier emails sometimes but about half of them are these really just touching and sweet experiences with yeah loved ones who have passed on and also um our fruit fly was with you oh my gosh spent some time with you it did saturday night i was sitting on the couch and it was circling me and i it was amazing you'd never think that a little insect would mean so much I really appreciated it. Thank you for sending it to me. Well, I hadn't seen it in a while, like in a few days. Right. And then you texted me that you had it. And I was like, oh. 
It knows when it's needed <laughs> elsewhere. The fruit fly. Spirit guide. I'm glad that whoever it is, maybe wrinkles. Maybe wrinkles, yeah. <laughs> visited you. Okay. Lucy Liu, in a 1999 edition of US Weekly, she said, quote, It was sheer bliss. I felt everything. I climaxed. And then he floated away. Coco Austin, who is Ice T's wife, you know, like Ice T loves Coco, that show. Yeah, yeah. Which I totally watched. It was really <laughs> addicting. Um, she said, I believe in ghosts because I had a perverted ghost at one time. I was watching TV and I was sitting on the couch at 11 a.m. and I was wearing a nightie and I felt my dress move up my leg. I looked down and I got freaked out and I pushed it down, watched TV, felt it again, and I could see it being pulled up. And then I felt a guy breathing in my ear. Oh. Um, these next two are a little bit more graphic. Okay. But I'll still read them. So if you don't want to hear about this, just skip ahead like one minute. Anna Nicole Smith, she said, a ghost hung like a horse. Oh. Visited her. And that was her, quote, kinkiest sexual encounter when she was being interviewed. She said... A effing huge horse would crawl up my leg and have sex with me at the apartment a long time ago in Texas. I was freaked out about it, but then I was like, well, you know, he's never hurt me, and he just gave me some amazing sex. So, I have no problem. Whoa. Which is interesting that she could go from... It just sounds like the way she said that he would crawl up her leg. It seems scary. And, like, even Coco was like, I was freaked out. Like, oh my gosh, like, what's happening? And so I just... Again, my confusion is how how you become accepting of it right because it's such a violation right you didn't invite it you didn't most of the time it didn't take you to dinner it didn't buy you drinks you don't know its name yeah bobby brown whitney houston's widow Mm -hmm. in 2016 so just a couple years ago he released a memoir and in it he wrote one memorable night one of the ghosts descended from the ceiling and had sex with me. After you stop laughing, I need you to hear what I'm saying because I'm not making this up. And let me add this. This was before I ever touched any drug besides weed or alcohol. I looked up in the mirrors and I could actually see a white woman straddling me on the bed. Oh my gosh. Yeah, which is interesting because a lot of the stories we get, I mean, of course, we know that succubus exists, incubus right. is usually the male spirit and succubus mm-hmm. is the female spirit. But the majority of the stories that we hear are about incubus. Uh, so like a right. male spirit. sort of spirit. Taking advantage. Of women. Right. So it's interesting to hear that it can happen to men in that sort of way as well. And that he actually saw, like, That he saw her, yeah. Wow. And my last one is for you, Sabrina. If there's one singer you love. Is it Kesha? It's Kesha. <gasps> Wait, someone actually tweeted at us saying that Kesha would love our podcast, and I freaked out. Oh my gosh, well now we need to tell her that we're talking about her. Maybe she wouldn't like that this is the thing we're talking about, but I mean, she did say it on Conan. Okay, She said it out loud for all to hear, so. Kesha's like a very open... She is, she's cool. She shares a lot about her life. In 2012, she was on Conan, and she talked about, quote, going to bone zone, and, quote, sexy time with a ghost in her house that started caressing her. No way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was quick. I, I watched the interview. It was just, like, 
20 seconds of her mentioning it and Conan being like, what? <laughs> it really throws people off. I mean, it's, it, does. it throws me off. I don't really understand some of the stories. Like, I feel well, like if yeah. it were to happen to me, it would be very scary and more like the story we read from, from Lara on Spectral right. Asylum. Like, just the idea of, like, wanting to hide the story because it's so scary. Yeah. And, I mean, talking, if someone brings this up, it brings up three things that people are uncomfortable with or don't want to accept. It's the paranormal. It's talking about sex. Right. And also the possibility that it was not consensual. Exactly. Oh, I really want Kesha to be on our podcast. I also just want to hug her. <laughs> really really badly i might cry thinking this episode about it. at her <laughs> on this week's episode sabrina cries thinking about touching kesha <laughs> hugging kesha. hugging kesha i don't want to repeat the ghost okay no 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 i was thinking about like you know reaching out at a concert and touching her hand Ugh, just a little sensual touch of the hand <laughs> <laughs> just a little sidebar is that when i moved into my dorm freshman year in college the very first thing I hung up was a Kesha poster, mm-hmm. and my roommate, the very first thing she hung up was a cross. <laughs> I forgot Lexi did that. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. And then I had, so I like was trying to go through, I just Googled myself and was like trying to see what was out there. I had a vine from back in the day of when we were in junior year of college, uh-huh. and we were over at IHOP, and... Like, it's a hole in the wall, it's a dirty free-for-all, was playing, and everyone was sitting down and cheering you on, and you were getting it. Wait. You were full out, like, dancing, dropping it low, putting your hands in your hair, like, it's still humping exists? the chairs. Oh, I no. deleted. I deleted all my personal, like, vines that I had put out there. So, so hopefully it's not floating there. Uh, well, maybe it is. Ah! The internet. I feel like nothing's ever deleted from the internet. Oh, man. Well, you guys enjoy. (laughs) Someone's going to find how Posh Spice was haunted in your dirty free-for-all video. (laughs) It's not dirty. It's just fun. It's very fun. We're all having a great time. Yeah. Consensual fun. I deleted it not because of you like you looked great it was such a fun time <laughs> but i could not control my screams and the way i sounded in the background and i sound um, obnoxious i'm like horrible yeah. i feel that way about our podcast sometimes i'm like ah i sound like that too critical of ourselves we are okay i took kind of a little bit of a different uh angle on this topic okay i chose well one a person who's haunted who, or a celebrity who was haunted, but then also a celebrity who haunts in the afterlife. That's what I was going to ask. I was like, a different approach. Did you choose a haunter? Haunter. haunter? Someone who does the haunting. A haunter? Sounds weird. <laughs> a ghost. Does, a ghost. <laughs> There's a word for that. There's also a show called Celebrity Ghost Stories. I did see that. I've never watched it, but I did see in the research that came up. Please don't watch it because one of the... The one that I was talking about, how I should have done it, um, <laughs> she was on it a few times. Okay. So I chose uh, Joan Crawford, who, for those of you who don't know, 
is one of the most prolific classical film actresses in Hollywood. She was born in March of 1904, and she won an Academy Award for Best Actress for her role in Mildred Pierce. And I had no idea that she was haunted. I didn't either. I feel like she's kind of a household name, right? Right, totally. I mean, I know that she passed away a long time ago, but... Right. She has been in so many famous films. One of the most notable ones is Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, which actually... So I didn't know a ton about Joan Crawford until I watched the show Feud on FX by Ryan Murphy. And Mm -hmm. it is an amazing show because it shows the struggle that women in Hollywood have and still do go through every single day and like what it means to be young and beautiful in Hollywood and how you kind of get thrown away as you age in Hollywood and it's it's more so for women than for men like I think men age and it can be viewed as this handsome thing but for women especially in Hollywood the second you reach honestly like 35 40 You've kind of right. been replaced by a new age. And you know what? Page. Bless Reese Witherspoon and her production company because Ugh, I know. she's doing the opposite of that. She's putting females in leading roles, and she's only accepting films with female leads. And right. I mean, just look at Big Little Eyes. The focus is on middle-aged women. Also, well, so she has a book club, and she reads all these books in her book club, and then, like, buys the rights to them and produces them, which is what oh happened. Oh, my gosh. She's so – that's such a smart move. Did I tell you? I, oh, my God. This is so such a celebrity episode. So in high school – or no, sorry. I applied to go to a private school in eighth grade. It was a K through 12. I ended up going there for high school. But in eighth grade, I applied, and I had to write an essay, and it was like, who's your greatest role model? And I wrote all about Reese Witherspoon and how – No way. <laughs> yeah. And I remember I was like – I just like thought she was the most amazing woman, and she is. She is. But uh, I remember leaving the uh, room where I wrote my essay, and my dad goes, so who'd you write about? And I was like, Reese Witherspoon? And my dad was like, what? Why didn't you write about someone like in politics? And I was like, because I don't care. You know, you don't have to be in politics to be influential. I didn't get in, so. Well, who'd you write about the next year? I can't remember. Reese was the good choice. Yeah. Oh, Joan Crawford. That's what I was talking about. Right. So, um, yes, the show Feud, where Jessica Lange play, plays Joan Crawford, and it's about this feud between Joan Crawford and Betty Davis. It's really interesting if you want to watch it. But behind all of her success in Hollywood, Joan Crawford battled with a lot of her own personal demons, and she was like the picturesque Hollywood star who can't, who went from rags to riches, and her fame kind of slowly tore her apart and people wonder if it had to do with the haunted house that she lived in. <gasps> she lived in a very haunted house and it's believed that she has joined in on the paranormal activity since passing. And most oh my of the, gosh. I know. Isn't that crazy? Wow. So you most, get to meet everyone that you were like, you were haunting me. Yeah. Where you were like, there were noises, there were footsteps, and then you cross over and then you're like, oh, you're pretty cool. I guess I'll stay. So there's no proof that she was actually haunted in her life, but everything that I kind of read was from her daughter, Christina, who wrote a book in 1987 called Mommy Dearest about how terrible it actually was to grow up with her mom and how abusive mentally and emotionally her mom was to her. So Do you think that's why Mommy Dead and Dearest was I, the name chosen? Exactly why I thought of that. Oh my gosh. 
But I have to preface, preface this whole story saying that there's a lot of things that I feel like played into Joan's downfall in terms of her alcoholism and depression and the mental and emotional state that she had been in for part of her life. Mm-hmm. I think part of it was Hollywood is not kind to women actresses. And she was she was acting like in the 40s and 50s, right? So Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's like when... the 30s, yeah, around them. But she like she was so determined to find roles for herself as an older woman and it was so hard and men were constantly manipulating her and using her as a prop. So, I feel like that would take a toll on anyone's life. Right, especially when you build your career around something like that. Right. I mean, anyone losing a job or not being able to find work in something that they've put so much time and all of their energy into right. is very hard. That's why a lot of people who lose their jobs when they're when right. you're a middle-aged person and you maybe are let go, sometimes people have a really hard time coming because it's out all of, you know out of that. Exactly. So then also she came from a very poor family where her stepfather allegedly sexually assaulted her and abused her. So she had trauma in her childhood. Um, So when she finally made it into Hollywood and moved into this home, it's possible that the stuff that went on in her home was either brought there because of her emotional state or it kind of latched onto her and made her worse. But that being said, her house happens to be one of the most haunted homes in Hollywood, and her daughter has gone on the record to explain the paranormal activity she personally experienced while growing up in the home. She said she would see the ghosts of children and hear voices in the walls. She wrote that some of the abusive environment she lived in probably contributed to the things she saw and heard, because like we talk about all the time, when there's negativity or sadness, Mm -hmm. evil just comes barging in. Right. And takes over because that's what it does. That's what I was also thinking. Black-eyed kids, at least they knock, whereas, like, demons and evil paranormal things just come in. But basically, like I said, I wonder if the evil spirits kind of took advantage of Joan's insecurities and troubles in her life and then haunted her, eventually possessing her, influencing her greatly in order to act the way that Christina kind of perceived her mother. Mm -hmm. And the hard thing is that Joan is no longer alive, so she's not... Allow, she like can't stand up for herself or speak right. for herself. So I'm just telling the story from Christina's perspective. And maybe because of that, it might contribute to why she's sticking around. Right. It's very I'm possible. Just... The story, the book that Christina wrote, Mom, Mommy Dearest, did not paint her in a very nice light. So it's very possible that she would stay around because of that. But Christina said... That there were places in the home that were so cold that nobody ever wanted to go in them. That, and then when she was a kid, everyone always told her that she had an active and vivid imagination, but she knew what she saw. And nights would become so terrible. She had night terrors. She would have terrible nightmares. She would wake up crying. She would see things lurking in the shadows. It got so bad that eventually she had to sleep or be in the home, and every single light had to be turned on while she was home. Oh, my gosh. That's really scary. Yeah. She would see apparitions of a child or many children, but she says that she had blocked out a lot of it because it was so terrorizing. So my question is, did Joan experience them? Did she possibly like, give in to them in hopes of like excelling her career? We know how manipulative some evil spirits can be. Right. Mm-hmm. So as Joan was dying, there was a woman kneeling at the foot of her bed praying for her, 
And Joan opened her eyes, looked directly at this woman, and said, don't you dare ask God to help me. And then moments later, she died. What? So it's kind of hard to interpret what she meant by that. Was it like, it's too late? Don't pray for me. Like, I need to go. Or is it like, thank goodness, like, my life has been, you know, like, this is my time to leave. I'm, I'm ready to go. Like, let me go. Or was she like, uh-uh, I've already given myself over to something darker. Right. Like, I'm wondering if something already was attached to her and maybe it wasn't really her. It was this new version speaking. Or we also don't know, maybe that nurse or whoever was praying for her was really bugging the crap out of her for her final hours and was like, don't fucking try to be a good person. You're annoying as shit. Leave my room. Yeah. Which also sounds very like Joan Crawford to do. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know. Don't you dare pray for me. Um... (laughs) But Christina, her daughter, believes that Joan died and became a major part of the paranormal activity within the house. So, like I said, not only was the house that Joan lived in very haunted, but then when she passed away on May 10th of 1977 from a heart attack, Joan joined the ghost and became part of the hauntings herself. So, a haunter, as we called it, or a celebrity ghost. Yeah! So, Christina eventually moved out of the house and sold it as soon as she could. The house kept changing owners after that within like a year the new owners would try to sell the home Mm, you know what that means a quick succession between selling people were scared when in doubt move out so eventually christina met up and talked with other tenants of the home who have all said that they too felt paranormal activity in the home when she talked to a somewhat later or more recent owner of the home she learned that the paranormal activity was continuing and was thought that The house had many negative spirits. The owners of the house have heard crying coming from within the walls or have been plagued with negative emotion, usually leading to depression, alcoholism, addiction, and mental health issues, which are all things that Joan had to deal with in her life. So it's kind of like a common thread. Yes. Um, They believe that one of the spirits was Joan herself because the wall where Joan Crawford's bed used to sit would spontaneously catch fire on a regular basis. That's demonic. It's scary. That has to be. I have a lot of theories about this. So in the 1980s, so the owners of the house at that time brought in a specialist to investigate the weird occurrences in the home. And the specialist's name is Reverend Rosalind Briere who told the owners that the, that the home did have many spirits in it, some of whom had underworld connections. She believed the home was poisoned before Crawford had moved in, and that could have contributed, like I theorized, to her emotional and mental difficulties. Mm-hmm. Briere believed that the people had, that the house, the ghosts, sorry, Briere believed that the ghosts in the house had been tortured in the home, and that the ghosts of the people were trying to burn down the home. She said it was a, a place of conspicuous negativity and called it an astral cent- central. Or astral central. like we like to call it an astral vault. Astral central. Like Grand Central Station. <laughs> For ghosts. Downtown Crossing. It's where all Your the trains now, go. All the people. Now arriving at Astral Central. <laughs> It's possible. Ghost train. No, 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 no. Oh my gosh, I bet there are ghost trains. There was a really scary episode of, I think it was No Sleep Podcast, about the train and getting, being the last one on. I don't want to relive it. (laughs) We should do, like, a haunted locomotives episode. 
Yeah, so Briere believed it was a gathering of spirits attracted to negative energies within the home. She claimed that one area of the home contained the energy of a young girl who had been tortured and molested. Which makes me think of the terrible things that Joan had been through in her youth. Mm-hmm. And I wondered if, and this is kind of a bigger picture question, if when you die, you know how like some people say that they've been visited by the spirit of a loved one, but they appear in a different age, like, as a younger version of themselves. Yeah. So I wonder if there's, like, a moment in your life that is kind of marked as a pinnacle changing point that you kind of go back to in your afterlife. Oh, wow. Like, whether it be good or bad. So maybe for Joan, if it was – if she was sexually assaulted as a child or abused, if that was the moment that she kind of went back to – because it was so negative and... Right. It was a death of self sort of moment. Right. The changing point. Right. Yeah, because oftentimes people, too, will say that they'll see someone in their prime or whatever. Right. Could be either something that was most memorable or something. Yeah. I don't know. But Briere also said that the home had such horrible emotions that she felt that they were, they were possibly bodies buried underneath the basement. That's a big assumption. Right, but no one's ever checked, so we don't know. They have those, don't they have those scanners now? Oh, interesting. Things that can can scan, like, concrete or whatever. Someone go scan. And see if there's... Joan's house. Not, like, bodies, but see if there's, like, space. Interesting. Empty space unaccounted for or something like that, like a grave. Oh, that's creepy. Apparently, Joan and the other ghosts spend their time trying to start fires and trying to burn the house down. There was one instance where the Beverly Hills Fire Department spent four days at the home trying to solve the mystery of the spontaneous fires that would break out from within the walls, but they never could figure it out. So owners of the house would constantly be calling the fire department because random fires would start within the walls. And the it was not faulty wiring. Yeah, I was going to say it's an old, old home... But for it to happen that frequently, and then for the mattress to... A mattress doesn't light on fire. That just doesn't happen. It wasn't the mattress. It was the wall behind where the bed was. Oh, okay. But still, it doesn't ha- still. that doesn't happen that often. And if the fire department came, they're trained in this, they would know, and they would be able to figure it out if it was faulty wiring, or if right. there was, like, a real reason behind it. But what it sounds like is that the house is haunted with extremely active ghosts, of all varieties, good and bad. And Briere eventually performed an exorcism of the house, and the activity decreased significantly until 2005 when the owners decided to begin renovations and the paranormal activity picked back up. Of course it did. So my, what I was wondering, so Briere said that it sounded like they were trying to burn the house down to to reveal something that was hidden under the house or like within the house. But I was wondering if they were trying to reveal it rather than destroy it. Because if you burn something down, most likely there will still be bone remains. That's true. I don't know. Either way, it definitely sounds like there's just a lot of... It's astral central. All ghosts come through. I'm almost thinking of like American Horror Story Roanoke because it's just like reclaiming their territory. Like no one else's... The living is not allowed to be here. This is ours. Or maybe just... Joan is like... Maybe she's spearheading it for all we know. It's her last role in lo- in the afterlife. Lead actress. Leading lady. In haunted house. 
I really hope she is the leading lady in, in the afterlife because she... Everyone is the leading lady in their own lives. <laughs> and so I'm sure in the afterlife they are the same. That's true. If you want to go visit the house, I'm pretty sure people live there. So like don't break in because that's creepy. <laughs> yeah. But um, the address is... And this is on the internet, so I'm not doing, like, weird, creepy things. It's, like, very easily found. Okay. It's 426 North Bristol Avenue in Los Angeles. LA, baby. And then, okay, I also found short little stories about ghosts who haunt places. So there are a lot of celebrities who have died, who have died and then people report seeing them and, and they're ghosts. So one of the more notable one is Marilyn Monroe, who is seen mm-hmm. in dozens of places throughout the u.s and it's not just in hollywood um but in hollywood she's seen in her old home and she's seen at the roosevelt inn and she's seen in her old cadillac so people theorize that she's driving around the u.s and that's how she's traveling all these places (gasps) oh my gosh i just got like the good type of chills because that's really cool i know what a life lucille ball's ghost apparently haunts her old home and the owners will often hear noises sounding like parties and laughter coming from upstairs so like she's just having a grand old time in the afterlife oh my gosh i love it which actually reminds me of big mouth if you watch that show it's amazing so funny i've only watched the first few episodes but it's really good in big mouth the ghost of duke ellington apparently lives in the main guy's attic and he throws parties all the time it's the show that i wish i had seen as i was going through puberty it's it's very funny and it's a very big cast too a lot of people from snl huge names worth a look the last one i'll say is that um Paul McCartney apparently often talks with John Lennon's ghost and he's constantly getting John Lennon's approval on the music he's working on. Oh my god. Isn't that cool? That one's so cool. Yeah. And there are tons like that. I did see the Cher thought that sometimes Sunny gives her signs, like flicker the lights or do certain things oh, in really? her home. And she's like, oh, it's Sunny. Ugh. I love that. Oh, see, guys, even the celebrities have a buttload of experiences. Celebrities, they're just like you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just like um, I would love if every single celebrity we talked about, including Joan, uh, they listen to this episode. And they bring us to celebrity gifting suites and red carpets. Oh, yeah. This is ideal. Take me to the Oscars. What other things should we request? Next year. Um, I don't know. Tweet about our podcast? Oh, yeah. I'm thinking about just selfish things that I could get. I'm like, take me to Equinox. What other places do I want to go to (laughs) that I can't afford? Take me to a Kesha concert. (gasps) Oh, my God. Do you think that could happen? I think it's very likely. Okay. (laughs) Put it out into the universe. I want to change my request. Now I need something better than just getting food and gifts. I don't really care about those things. I want a cool experience. Okay. I want Victoria to take me to the south of France to her house that's haunted. Yeah. You could just go. She doesn't live there anymore. Well, we don't know. It might not have been sold. I don't know. Someone needs to tell that's me. That's true. But she doesn't go to it, so anyone can go without her. Can, she won't know. We can hold hands, and if she's holding my hand, she won't be scared. <laughs> I mean, she was scared with David, so. We don't know what David's like in those scary situations. <laughs> Maybe he's no help. Maybe he has the flight, whereas you have the flight. Or, sorry. Yeah. 
Maybe he has the flight and you have the fight. It's true. But we have listener stories to read. Which one do you want to read? It doesn't matter. I'll do Cordelia. This is called Seth and Another Story. And it is from Cordelia, who is the one that came up with the term phantoms. Phantoms. So basically Cordelia is famous and that's why she's included. Because <laughs> she's a, a TGOG celeb. Yeah. She said, hi ladies, I have two short stories to tell. Your podcast about the Ouija board triggered a memory. Oh, great. (laughs) In the late 1980s slash early 90s, my friend Adrienne and I were playing with a Ouija board in her home in Yorktown, Virginia. I never really believed that Ouija boards worked and always assumed that she was moving the planchette. Anyway, I specifically remember that we asked the spirit what its name was and it replied, Seth. I remember thinking that was odd because I didn't know anyone named Seth at the time and I have thought of it since because I have a coworker named Seth and every once in a while I see him and it reminds me of the Ouija board story. I don't remember anything else about the Ouija board session and I don't recall anything spooky happening, but your podcast caused me to message my friend Adrian on Facebook and ask her if she remembered that too. She didn't, but she denies ever moving the planchette. Coincidence? Or was he looking for someone to talk to after Jane passed away on the in the early 80s? Wait, so was she thinking that Seth yeah. took over her friend, Adrian, and was moving the planchette? No, no, no. She's just saying that they talked to a person named Seth very briefly. And she thought maybe it was the same Seth who wrote. Oh, oh, the Seth material? Yeah. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Which it could be. I would like to believe that it is Seth from the Seth material. So she said, my other story is a ghost story in the early 90s. I attended Virginia Commonwealth University in Richmond, Virginia. Honor students had a special study lounge in the basement of an old house called the Millheiser House. Bragging! (laughs) Honors. (laughs) Graduated with honors. (laughs) I was not one of those. Did you graduate with honors? Yeah. I was .02 away. I was also a theater major and a screenwriting major, so... That's true. I was psychology. But I was also smart. You were smart, but there are... <laughs> I mean, our valedictorian was a dance major. Yeah, that's There true. are certain... I think that... Yeah. I mean... <sighs> Everyone has a story to tell. Everyone has a story to tell, but I think <laughs> if you're going to be valedictorian, you have to be bio major. You have to have... Something that's, like, right. super difficult. Let's not offend anyone, because everyone gets offended by everything. Well, I'm not offending that many people. <laughs> I, too, studied theater. What if she listens? What if she's like, I was your, I was that valid Victorian? Shit, okay, I'm cutting this out. <laughs> <laughs> should I cut it out? I probably should cut it out. That was mean. No, just leave it. Guys, I'm sorry. <laughs> Cordelia sent us such a short email, and somehow I'm making it ten minutes long. <laughs> Okay. This is what we are professionals in. <laughs> Wasting time, taking up space. <laughs> okay. So, she attended the Virginia Commonwealth University in Richmond, Virginia, and honor students had a special study lounge in the basement of an old house called the Millheiser House. We mostly used it for smoking, drinking coffee, and listening to music. Anyway, there was an old stereo, and sometimes the volume would go up and down spontaneously. We assumed it was due to loose wiring, but at some point, we joked about there being a ghost in the house. My friends and I asked the ghost 
to turn, she put ghost in quotes, the ghost (laughs) to turn the volume up or down. And the volume did go up or down several times at our request. We never felt really scared down there, but I don't think anybody liked being down there alone. Enjoy the podcast. I'm still not sure if I'm a believer, but I enjoy hearing those stories and maybe my mind will be open. Cordelia. Well, Cordelia, we believe in you. (laughs) And that is all that matters. And I bet the ghosts believe in you, too. Wonder if ghosts don't believe in people. Do you think it's, like, such a confusing (laughs) point? And then it's, you know, it just reminds me of that little cartoon where, like, there's the ghost sitting on the couch reading people stories to the other ghosts. Oh, yeah. Okay. So this email is from Madigan. And the subject is, Madigan's grandma was a friendly ghost. Hey, Sabrina and Corinne and Leia can never forget the furry friends. It's Madigan here from your Angry Neighborhood Feminist podcast. And my grandma was slash is a ghost. Their podcast is so fun. I met them on Instagram and I just think they're the coolest people in the world and like have a cool girl crush on them. I know. (laughs) When I was like, oh, we should read Madigan's story. Sabrina was like, Madigan? Madigan? And I was like, do you want to read it? (laughs) The podcast is really cool. They, like, talk about women in history and share stories that I feel like you wouldn't necessarily know because I feel like a lot of women are forgotten in history. So, Madigan's story. Oh, wait. Sorry. They should... What? They should go on Drunk History. That would be fun for them to get drunk and retell a historical event on that show. That would be fun. It'd also be fun if we did that. Oh, God, please. Please invite us. (laughs) That's what you should ask celebrities for. Please. So Madigan says, so a little backstory. I'm from St. Paul, Minnesota, and my family has lived there for generations before. My grandpa Ed and Grandma Hilde, 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 I don't want to say that wrong. Let me look. H-I-L-D-I-E, Hilde. Hilde. And Grandma Hilde bought the house that both my mom and her family and I grew up in. My mom, dad, and I moved in when my grandpa passed away, and my grandma, unable to take care of herself, moved in with my mom's older sister, Margaret. Grandma Hildy was the OG homemaker. She was blind and deaf for most of the time that I knew her, but I've heard of her amazing food and dessert dishes and her likeness for a nice crease in her husband's socks and underwear. What the fuck? What even is an iron? Am I right? (laughs) (laughs) Right. I own a steamer. Yeah, I don't even own one. Whoops. Uh, So that gives you a little bit of a sense of who she is. Also, I was her favorite grandchild out of 15 grandchildren. Wow. High praise. But she would never say that out loud. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm doing that for her. (laughs) Hilde passed away in 2004 when I was 12. She passed away very peacefully in my aunt's home in her own bed, surrounded by her five children. After her death, Margaret sold the house to a nice young family with a little boy. Shortly after moving in, weird shit started happening. Candles were blown out, lights were turned off, and weirdest of all, the little boy started speaking of a nice old lady who would soothe him after he had nightmares. At first, his parents thought their son had some weird old lady imaginary friend, but he continued to mention her. He wasn't scared. It was just very matter-of-fact. Another weird thing is that they smelled a perfume that Grandma always wore that was no longer made. Some may say the smell may have lingered but it came in waves and it i really believe it was super natural oh my gosh i have chills with this this is so i know it's really sweet it reminds me of your grandma it does and i've said this before on the podcast but my 
great-grandma, the the smell comes in waves, too, at our family home. Like, my mom will, right. will smell her. The new homeowners got in contact with Margaret, a devout Catholic, who is not the type to believe in this stuff. But after explaining all that they saw, she decided she started to think that something supernatural was happening. She gathered her three sisters and one brother together, and they decided to call the local psychic celebrity Gary Spivy. Google image him for a good laugh. You have to Google image him. It's amazing. He looks Okay, well, he himself has a podcast, which we should probably listen to. Oh, really? He yeah, does? he does. But he looks like he took a big styrofoam white ball <laughs> that you would use for craft. Like you went to Michael's or Joanne's and you got a huge yeah. styrofoam ball and you cut just a square piece out of it and stuck it on your head. Yep, that's pretty accurate. Right? Oh, that's exactly what it looks like. It does. Google image him. Gary Spivy. Everyone stop and go look. Pause us real quick or just keep listening to us. Pull over your car. Don't drive off the road, Bob. Bob, this isn't a tampon commercial. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So they spoke with one of his psychics and the information they had was unbelievable. They saw my grandpa next to a small plane, the same kind that his first grandson flew, and they said he was still waiting for her. They said that she needed to stay with the little boy because of his nightmares, and she was taking care of him. That the new owners weren't being careful with the lights and candles in the home, and they needed her. But we knew that my grandma missed missed my grandpa since he died almost 10 years earlier and mentioned him often. (gasps) Oh my gosh. I'm thinking so. Oh. Oh my gosh. Also, this is just reminding me of my grandma so much. But, like, in the sweetest oh, way. Because yeah. grandmas are caretakers. I know. And my grandpa passed away 25 years ago. So, before I was born. So, I can't... Like, my grandma's probably so thrilled to be back with right. him. Right. It reminds me of that story that we had read before on the girl who had that dream. And she was up at in heaven. And her grandpa yeah. was like, wait, you're the wrong one. You're the wrong one. Ugh. So many callbacks in this episode. I know. Okay. So my super Catholic family decided to do a seance. They wouldn't let me go because I was too young, but it was basically a candlelit prayer circle telling her that it was okay to be with grandpa and that the little boy would be okay. I don't know if I believe in heaven or hell exactly, but wherever they are, I hope grandma and grandpa are together now. Back at my house, I slept in a room with a closet full of grandma's old clothes, wearing wedding dress, etc. I slept on her old twin-sized bed, My grandpa had one, and they pushed them together. And I used her old comforter. I missed her so much that I would cry when talking to her, but then freak out and say, but don't visit me. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, sorry for the long email, but that's the story of my grandma, the friendly ghost. Ray John Girls Madigan. That's so amazing. That's one of those instances where, like, if you do want your grandparent or someone to come visit you, just tell them to grab pennies or quarters not appear in a mirror or standing in a a doorway or they'll just send you a message like i got today oh my gosh so sweet i also i love how manigan's grandmother given the option to move on and join her husband she's like well i mean what's waiting a little longer this little boy needs me more oh his nightmares and she just didn't want the place to burn down so she would blow out the candles. Oh my god. <laughs> my heart. Someone actually posted someone posted on our Facebook page about how she moved into an apartment and every night 
she'd go to sleep, and then when, in the morning when she woke up, every appliance I saw that would be one. unplugged. I read that one. And she believed it was her grandfather, or, right, her grandfather? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. Who was probably just worried about outlet fires. Right, because in his life, he would always, when he was alive, he would unplug all of the appliances Everything. before going to bed. And so yeah. she believes it was just him being like, hey, you forgot a step. I'll do it for you. Yeah. And then she was like, but my computer is dead and I need it for tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> well, but you'll never leave your straightener on. That's true. Well, that was a great one uh, to end on. It was. Positive stories from our listeners. So send us your stories. Like we said many times this episode, you guys, your stories are amazing and help us and help other people feel less crazy or just feel comforted in in life in general so email them to two girls one goes podcast at gmail.com we also have social media which we reference all the time so if you want to see way more stories and pictures and other yeah. things that people share outside of what we read in emails join us on our facebook page uh, it's a private group, so anything you post or comment or like will not show up in your newsfeed to other people. Yeah. Um, we also have a Facebook page you can like. And then we have Instagram and we have Twitter. Then you can rate and review us on iTunes. Huge help. Um, Sabrina rate. just got a new computer and she texted me. I did. Gets new computer, immediately checks iTunes reviews. <laughs> I was like, oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> It's the first thing I did. I'm a little She's obsessed. obsessed. Feed her. Feed her what she needs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, feed my addiction. And we will see you, see you on, on the, the other side. side.